Shut up and sit down. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of the STS Guys. I am Jeremy. Hey, guys. It's Nate. And I'm Scott. And we are the STS Guys, a weekly podcast where we just sit around, shoot the shit, uh, talk about movies, games, whatever's on our mind. Honestly, it typically has no script, no schedule of events of things to do. So that's why these always end up typically being the most random things ever. Uh, where we rate movies and also McDonald's characters. Grimace all the way. Hey, that's twice in a uh, you know two weeks in a row, Jeremy. I'm impressed. Yeah, I was gonna say like you've, we've actually remembered to tell people what we actually uh, well, try to do. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: if if Larry can be the shill master, I'm like I want to be the intro master. Um, there you go. There you go. I, I, I think I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Um, Does that make me the awesome. uh, the master of all things idiotic? No, Scott, you're a national treasure, and everyone loves you. Yeah, Scott, you're just I, you're just you, and that's what's important. Yes, that's that's what I bring to the table. My charming personality. You right. are a charmer. You charmer you. Um, uh, this this week, like I said we have. Uh, like I said we are short one person. So where is Larry? Yeah, we're we're missing a fourth, and it's our treasure, Larry. We another treasure. We haven't missed a fourth in in, in a while, so it's it's kind of interesting. Um, ever, ever since we uh, started doing the stuff uh, live, instead of actually trying to uh, meet somewhere to all get together, we we really have been able to all be together. So yeah, this is this is this is strange. I don't like this. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, uh, the the funny thing is, like I said, I didn't think I was going to like the live thing when we first started it, but since starting it now, dude, I I, I love it this way. Because we're able yeah. to get the audio the way we want. I think that's. I think that was my big hang-up, is just making sure we can get the audio the way we want. Since we got that, we got the mixer going on. Um, like I said, I can basically repump all this audio back through a mixer. I so said, we're, we're good. Um, so, I love our live shows. So I said, it gives me something to look down, look forward to every week. Uh, Scott, oh, like, were you about to say look down on? Look down on. Well, especially this week, because like I said, there's three people in here. Yeah, I think that's us. I honestly think that this time, see, Larry, Larry goes away, and no one wants to come on. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. Not even, not even Yoshi, man. Shout out to Yoshi, our Australian audience. <laughs> yeah, he's so dedicated too. That's uh, that's definitely noticeable. Oh, oh hey, there's Larry. Hey, hey, Larry, what's up, man? Larry, Larry joined the chat since. since Larry's not here. I will um, add his little caveat to all of our listeners uh, via things that are not YouTube live. Um, we do broadcast this live on Saturdays, and there is a chat uh, that we have. So we do have occasional visitors show up. And as speak of the devil that Larry is gone, he showed up in the chat just to wish us all good luck tonight. Aw. Thanks, Thanks for stopping by, Larry. Thanks, Larry. I said it. Always an SDS guy, forever an SDS guy. <laughs> Pour some out for the homies. Yeah, that's right. I'm pouring it out all over my desk. Yep. I, I'm, I not gonna wa- I'm not going to waste alcohol like that. I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Like you were saying, though, about the live streams, it, it makes it so much easier. Um, you know, you can just log in from home. It's awesome. So I think it, it's easier for us to be more consistent that way. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We got someone in chat. Yeah. Denny, Denny, what's up, man? Oh, Denny. Denny, uh, I'm, I'm glad you started your, your Facebook because, like I said, I, I, we connected with you on Facebook. So uh, 
We'll have a few more friend requests coming through. Nice. All right. So what's going on this week, guys? What, what have you guys been up to this week? Well, uh, you you and uh, Larry kind of had a special week, didn't you? We did I have think, a yeah, sp- I think that's the biggest thing to talk about is, is yeah, your guys' the news that you guys have. The news. Uh, so what uh, Nate is so casually mentioning uh, is that Larry and I are heading to Funko Fun Day. So basically the annual big, huge Funko Party event uh, that's held uh, in San Diego every year. So um, this is a very limited event, um, basically, where they're pretty much like the hottest tickets in town, If it's, especially if you're a Funko fan. Um, they sell out, like I said, in a matter of minutes um, once they go on public sale. Um, but Larry is part of the Funko Fanatic forums uh, where they basically do a kind of a, a pre-release of, of these tickets um, and basically because of his status and then basically his contributions, he's been able to, to grab us some tickets. And so the S- two of the STS guys are heading to Funko Fun Days, uh, meeting up with a third STS guy who is actually going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's awesome that you guys are going. And uh, I'm the third guy that's going to be at San Diego. So yeah, this but, makes me feel it's sad now that I'm the only one that's not going to go to San Diego for that week. And I may just go just in case, but I don't think I'm going to get a hotel anywhere. <laughs> Scott's yeah, going to be a little tough. Scott, me, me, but here's the thing: me and you have said before San Diego. Me and you have Vegas. We do have Vegas. Yeah, that should be Vegas. fun. Yeah, we're going to Amazing Con, and uh, we're also going to Phoenix Comic Fest. So we're going to be having a lot of coverage from different cons and um, Funko Fun Days, and it's going to be really fun. Yeah, yeah, it, we are going to have a busy summer, actually, thinking about it. like It's, it's convention are. season. So At people, least three conventions. Yeah, people have wedding seasons. We have convention season. Yeah. Let alone, too, we still have a couple of days here to figure try to get ourselves into E3, too, which would be in mid-June as well. So well, yeah. I'm not hope- it would be awesome to go, but I, I really am not hopeful, but they... We, they are still open for media, so we're still waiting on that one. So, and we got a, the SS guys have, have definitely have a lot on their plate. Um, so just kind of a couple shout outs to so some people who joined the stream. Uh, Ian, so what is up, Ian? And uh, our Australian oh, author, Yoshi. Yeah. Yoshi joins. Yoshi! What's up, Yoshi? What's going on, man? Yoshi, we were just talking about it. You're like, man, where is Yoshi? Because this yes. was a ghost town a second ago. It was. But we're glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining. All right. So, Nate, I said, uh, so I know three of the SCS guys are on, on the stream right now. So me, Scott, and uh, me, Scott, and Nate. Uh, two of us have beaten God of War, and one of us is still playing through it. Um, so, yeah. So uh, me and Scott have officially both beat the game. Um, so, uh, Scott, can just kind of, uh, without giving any spoilers, there, what do what, you think? Oh, this is rough. I, I think I said it before. I, I think this is one of the better games that I've played in a very long time. Uh, it's yeah. it's honestly for me. If I had to get like give it a rating for it, if you uh, we'll, we'll give a spoiler. I'm going to have a full write up here within the next day or two. Um, I, I would give it a five out of five. To be honest, that it's there's there's a few things that are kind of negative, like. Um, some of the motion seems a little clunky and stuff like that, but the whole the overall narrative and everything about it supersedes everything that that is negative. Like there, all those negatives are just pet peeves. Like there's nothing really broken in the game that I'm like, oh, that that lowers my score. And the fact that the the story just keeps you, 
it never reveals enough that you're like, oh, I know it's going to go on. This is going to be stupid. Like you, you learn just enough to keep you like, all right, well, I need to just do a little bit more because I want to figure out what's happening. So it, the the story is amazing. It's one of the the better retellings of Norse mythology that that we have, like in recent times. So like, it's utterly amazing. No, um, I I actually agree. Um, it's it's one of those things to where I was because I've always liked God of War stories, kind of in in general. But I I actually like that this kind of take on on Norse mythology and honestly how like accurate it is to actually real Norse mythology. Um, right. there, there's a, a lot of the different lore and stuff that basically you go through that's actually like real Norse mythology. Um, so, it, so that, that aspect's cool. Honestly, probably the one it's, it's so stupid, but one of the things that kind of got me, um, on the game and kind of got me basically to enjoy it even more is how creative Santa Monica studio was with regarding hiding, like when the game loads, um, yes. I said, I said, it, yeah. So you don't experience yeah. any loading screens throughout the entire game. Um, like I said, unless you die, then it has to re, you know re- reload you, from that re- point. Reload your checkpoint. Uh, reload right? your checkpoint. Um, but like I said, in between, like going into the different rooms, and going to the different worlds, and this, that, and the other. Like I said, it it does such a great job of basically kind of hiding basically those, those loading screens. Um, yeah. The, if the, you if you didn't know like how games render and things like that, you would actually a lot of people would probably miss a lot of where those loading screens are like they like you as you're going through you realize that there's like that little thing where you have to hit circle and like shimmy across the wall with a little gap and you think like ah this is kind of annoying why they put that in there but that's taking the place of a loading screen so instead right. of sitting there watching like a hey, loading kind of a thing or having to try to to load an area above and then mess up if you try to go back like once you do that thing it just lo- that's when yeah. it signals it to load that next section so you never really see that that break in the gameplay it's just a little cinematic and then the next thing you know it's you know the next levels opened up or no exactly and then like i said there's there's the more obvious ones like i said the like the 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 quick travel gates like i said when you go into the kind of that 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 tree kind of blue spirit realm thing so that's that's a little bit more obvious like i said but it's still like i said it's it's still a, a movement through Basically, right. where you're still in control of the character while basically the the next area is is loading. So, well, and yeah, I'll add to I, that. I totally... Let me add to that too, because it once both of you, I know Nate, you did it on your live stream. Have you know at at the point is we all have Mimir, right? The the storyteller, and I love how the fact that when you're in that blue realm is where he picks up, and so even so, you're not just sitting there doing nothing. He'll st- he'll t- tell a random like story. Or he'll tell you like a lore, so you're like, oh, like listen to his story while you're running around. Yeah, or like if you're on the lake, he'll talk a lot and you know tell the kids stories. But yeah, so like I haven't beat the game, but it's not because I don't like it. You know, uh, it's just taking me longer to get through it. But man, I I couldn't agree with you guys more. It, it's such an amazing game. Uh, it feels like a true evolution of the series. Um, you know, I've done a lot of live streams just because I want to show off how cool you know, the game is, I, I've been really enjoying it. And when I sit down and play it, it's like, I get so into it. Cause like Jeremy was talking about, it's creative, it's different. And you know, the, the combat is challenging. I was just telling the guys, um, I beat my first Valkyrie before this stream. And that is definitely the hardest enemy in the game I've come across. It, you know, it's one of those, like, I almost threw the controller through the window a couple of times. I got so <laughs> rage, you know, like, pissed off about it but 
when you beat the Valkyrie, man, you feel so good about it. And that's what's the cool thing about the the combat. Like once you start mastering it, you feel like a total badass. I will tell you this. I legitimately threw my controller and was like, take that, you bitch. <laughs> like the first time when I, I beat a Valkyrie, I was like, I was cursing at the screen. I was like, that's what you get. Like the first time I beat one, because it took me so many times. Yeah. But yeah, a great game, man. And like you guys said, the the loading, not having any loading screens, it really keeps you immersed in the game. And the only time you ever see them is when you die, and you have to, you know, reset that checkpoint. Yeah. But um, it's clever how they've hidden it. No, Nate. Nate actually made a suggestion the other day of one thing that I'd add to the game, uh, and I wish you could toggle it on and off. Is if you if you had a combo counter. Um, Nate, Nate mentioned oh, yeah. that the other day. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? As soon as he said that, I'm like, you're exactly right. So when you're going through and you're you know just tearing stuff up, I would love to see a hit count. Um, you know, on that. Um, did, yeah, totally. Then one of the. Other, I, I haven't played the other God of War games. Didn't the the last God of War have a hit counter? Some of them they did. all Some, have. Yeah. They all had like a a hit counter because you could get depending yeah. on like the number of hits and stuff, you could get like bonuses to like yeah. the the souls and stuff that you got back. So yeah, and it also give you extra life. Sometimes if you hit like fifty, it give you a, a health burst. Yeah, you know, or something like that. But yeah, totally, man. W- once I got you know, spoiler alert. Once I got the Blades of Chaos again, um, there's like you know that you guys know what scene i'm talking about they introduce all these enemies and they're not like super strong but you just start tossing these guys around and it's like a symphony using your blades it would be awesome to see how high that hit count really got yeah Um, but yeah i think that's the only thing really missing well well, yeah there's the i said once you get to um, muselheim is that muselheim uh is that the 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 fire fire world yeah the fire world uh, yeah so uh, there's, there's, so there's, like I said, there's not any spoilers there. It's just, like I said, it's you're just literally fighting people. It, it's um, basically, it, it's that's your kind of arcade like mode, exactly. Like, um, world. So it, it's like they just have wave after wave of guys that go through. You kind of as you build through these like different levels. Um, like I said, there, there's a lot of different things in there that I said I just love to see hit counts. Um, especially like I said in the one where you had to basically survive for like five minutes. Um. Oh just, yeah, and they just start wave after wave come after yeah, you. You just have wave after wave after wave of, of, of bad guys coming after you. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd love to see a hit count. It's kind of so, like horde mode. Yeah. Now there is one thing that they added that I think is actually pretty badass with their recent update. I don't know if any of you guys have gotten a chance to check it out. I actually uh, loaned out uh, my copy of the game uh, to somebody so they could play it. Shout out to Chris. Um, so yeah, shout out to Chris here. I hope uh, hope you're playing it right now. Honestly. Um, is they added a photo mode so you can actually like as you're going through like pause the the game kind of uh, uh horizon zero dawn had the photo mode as well that you could like remove all the the hood and uh like stop motion and actually like take you know screenshots and things but in actually like high res pictures they added that into god of war so you can actually as you go through you see something cool or you did something cool you can actually take that a photo of it yeah, no, I haven't that seen it, but cool I'll, I'll, I'll have to check that out. Now, now, okay, so God of War is something we've been excited for to see for a long time. So, um, there's another game that's coming out. I know that we're all excited for uh, Spider-Man. Yes, yeah, another man. Cool. another PS4 exclusive too. Yeah, which is crazy. I think it's like that's probably one of their biggest exclusives if you think yeah. about it. Like they've had some good games in the past. You know, God of War is one of them. That's an exclusive, but I think Spider-Man. 
it's one of those titles that everybody, no matter if you have an Xbox or if you have a PlayStation, you want to play this awesome Spider-Man game that looks like it's going to be really great. And here's here's my prediction um, with with Spider-Man. So I know it's a PS4 exclusive. Um, I see this PS4 exclusive eventually transversing the systems. Um, and I know it's I know it's a big play for for Sony to kind of. You know, get people into PS4, this, that, and the other. Um, but Dude, but if it, based if it, on the amount of money they just made on God of War, I don't think they have any incentive to do that because you're both the, the studios that are making this. It's uh, Insomniac with that. Uh, they're both owned by Sony. I mean, these are true. Yeah, I said, but true. So if, but if you're things. saying if they made that much money with just PS4, like I said that that's their incentive. It's like, hey, we've made this money much money with PS4. Hey, what what if we is it a year down the line? So I think it's going to be uh, was it Tomb Raider? Um, where, that, where Xbox had the one year exactly, yeah, exclusive, yeah, yeah. So I I think it's going to be something like that, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but so I I have a counter to that though, because if you look at Tomb Raider, when they did the the release to Sony, the sales were not that great on the Sony side of things. Like they didn't do as many copies as they thought they would because of their their exclusive deal. And I think it's going to be the same thing. It could be the best game out there. Oh yeah. Well, I, once I, they try to transition, they're they're not going to make that much more money. When I think, you know, you're going to have uh, with as well as God of War is doing, and the fact that that Spider-Man game is coming out at E3. Mark my words, there is going to be a new Halo announced at E3, and it's going to be almost done. Like it's going to be close to completion. That is my prediction. I just based on everything, we're getting a new Halo. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's. They have to respond in some way. You know, Xbox, yeah. um, there's just a lot of competition in yeah. PlayStation 4 with Spider-Man and with God of War and some other titles that are coming out. You had, out, like, you Horizon know. last year that just beat all expectations. Yeah, and, and then there's uh, Nino Kuni 2, which I know isn't quite as big, but I really like the first one, but that's another exclusive that got really good ratings. Um, I mean, they're, they're coming out strong, and there's not a whole lot on the Xbox yeah. future that... Is really attractive um, for exclusive. As far, as, far as I know, that their big one that was supposed to come out is a new Fable, but mm-hmm. um, that I think the rumor had it that that Fable they were actually going to port over and have it as a cross platform. Yeah, that yeah. they were going to bring that back out to say like to do that. So I mean, really, all they have is is Halo or you know one of their yeah, it's, potentially well, bring it's back like one the, of it's their like the whole Mass because Mass Effect was originally Xbox alone. The, the yeah. very first one, and then, then that started to cross platforms, just because I, I and, and that's and that's like I said that's kind of the thing I, I think I see with Spider Man eventually. I think it's it's I think it'll start with one, but I, but I think it'll eventually bleed over. Just like I said, just just for like it, even if it's a year later, and they can you know milk a, you know a few extra million out of it, I, I think I think it'll happen. Um, I think yeah, I think you're right. I, I, you know, I think this Insomniac's going to do for Spider Man what Rocksteady did for Batman. Yeah, you know, exactly. The, the Batman games that Rock City made were freaking amazing. And everybody wants to be, you know, Batman or everybody wants to be Spider-Man in the game, but they want it to be really well done. And, I, you know, I've been watching a lot of videos of this new Spider-Man game, and it looks so good. You know, the, the right. combat looks awesome. The way he uses his webs. There's like 30 different alternate costumes, like anything you can think of. You know, Spider-Noir, Spider-Man 2099. And well, I said here's the thing too, and this is because I was reading an article. I'll, I'll have to find it, and I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll throw a link uh, in, in this episode. Uh, is not only are they different costumes, but they're different functional 
costumes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, yeah. so, so they some actually, of them do have impact, like yeah. changes in gameplay and things. And you can swap out those abilities between the different um, costumes. So if there's like, say, if you want to use Noir, but you like the ability from the classic costume, you can swap those out. So you can kind of like make it really customized, which is Whatever awesome. Spider-Man you want, yeah. The other thing that it had me worried until I saw some of the videos and I was that combat because I thought they were going to go the the like Arkham route with the, mm-hmm. the things, which at the time when Arkham games came out, like no one was really doing that style of gameplay, right? It was kind of Arkham and then, you know, Shadow War came out and had something similar where it's all, you know, basically you hit one button to punch, then you have your counter and basically depending on the enemy, you have a button just you know, button prompts that basically finish off the, the fight. Yeah. And I, was, I really didn't want them to do that with Spider-Man, but it seems like it's kind of more of a beat-em-up on this one where you actually have, like, combos and things like the old-school well, games. It's got that, and then I I also like the, the, the from the, the trailers that I saw that you can, they actually, you can actually use the environments against people. Like, so yeah. Like, yeah. if there's a crate yeah. or if there's a car, if there's, you know, just something that's hanging down, you can basically web it up, web it down. Um, so you can actually use the environments to your advantage um, to, in, in your combat. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. And another thing that looks awesome is um, one of the developers was talking about how they're focusing on the vertical combat because, you know, it's Spider-Man after all. He uses his webs a lot. He goes in the air when he fights. Um, so I think that's going to be cool, too seeing how he uses the webbing and kind of using vertical aspect, not just staying on the ground. Right. Jumping up and you, you get to play off his very acrobatic, you know, fighting style. Mm-hmm. And those videos definitely showed off. I was reading one where I think they, they said too, that like, and this could be different, but like, you know, like square is like your, your physical attack and triangle is your, your web. So you can really create these massive long combo strings between like, punching and webbing uh throughout it that is i think is going to add a lot to the different gameplay because like you said you can do a combo to to web somebody to the ground or like jeremy said you can grab like a crate from behind somebody and pull it into them or you know you know grab one guy and swing him into the others and there's so much that you can do with the webs i think it's going to make that gameplay so much better like they're taking time to really get the characterization of like how would spider-man legitimately fight and you know, bring that to to a gameplay versus just having, you know, punching and kicking like some of the older games had. Yeah, and one thing I read that that's cool. Um, they're focusing on kind of like his personal life too. So there's a lot of Peter Parker in this game. Um, there's also a lot of Spider Man, but it's more of like you know, how does he balance both? And to be honest with you, when I was watching the cartoon shows and you know, you read comics, some of the best ones were where he's struggling between being Spider Man and being Peter Parker. So I think that'll be cool how they add that into the game. Right. And now I really hope they keep it in. Um, and that that's just not something they, they kind of threw it, but the, the fast travel using the mm-hmm. subway as oh, a fast yeah. travel. And it's him oh, that's, playing that's... on his phone in the subway while he's driving, like going through, like, like things like that are phenomenal. Like they just, cause you can totally see like Spider-Man doesn't have the ability to fly. So if he needs to go far, and he doesn't want to swing. He would yeah. ride the subway. Well, like I said, that's it's it's <laughs> very like I said, if they want to basically kind of use the same thing like Santa Monica Studio did with like hiding those load screens uh, between like I said different areas of the map. Like, that's the perfect way to do that. That's like I said, yeah. that, that that's amazing. Like I said if they, I hope they do keep that in there because that would be or like I said, or if you could like hail even a, like hail a taxi um, and just show them sitting in the back. Yeah, just show them <laughs> sitting sit in the back. <laughs> 
kind of like a Deadpool moment. Yeah, yeah. Is it to Pender taking him around? Yeah, it would <laughs> it would work, and it fits Spider Man as like this kind of like he's not the best, you know, like he like he can't fly, so he doesn't have the the powers to like travel really fast. I mean, he doesn't go much faster than a car from what he can swing at, right? Like, yeah. so legitimately, like if he needs to go a really far distance, potentially a subway is going to be his best bet. Right. That's awesome. And even like, you know, when you see him scaling the buildings and using his webbing, it looks so fluid. You know, if he gets close to a building, he'll just run across it and then use a web to kind of go over to the next building. It looks so awesome. So you actually bring that up, Nate. I will tell you this. this is, that is going to be the make it or break it for this game is mm-hmm. the swinging mechanics. I think so, too. Because uh, I there's I mean, on the old PlayStation systems, there have been many a Spider-Man game. Most of them are based on the Sam Raimi movies. But some of them had phenomenal like web swinging. Yeah, that second Spider-Man game that came out on PS2, I think was it was. The, the best one. Yeah. Because you could control your speed and stuff like that. Um, but some of the other ones, like where you had that, the mechanic didn't work in some of the other ones. So th- that's going to be the thing that really drives this game home is mm-hmm. how is that swinging mechanic going to be? Does it feel fluid and does it feel right? Or is it this right. awkward thing like the uh, some of the, the later games had? Yeah, I really hope they get that right. Because they were talking about how they want to use, you know, the way you can, you know, gain momentum and you can do like a dive. So if you get really high, you can dive and then use that, you know, to gain momentum into an attack if you find an enemy on the ground. So just being going, you know, going from really high up in the air to doing an attack on the ground really easily. I think that'd be cool. Now, I definitely pre-ordering. I know you guys are probably pre-ordering as well, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So I think it's already done. If not, I think, it will be yeah. done this week. I think that's our STS guys recommendation pre-order of the week. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. If, if you haven't and pre-ordered it. Yeah. It's not a pre-order at this point, but if you have a PS4 and you haven't done so, go buy God of War. Like, what are you waiting for? Go get it. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, um, I've been waiting to upgrade to a PS4 Pro because my PS4 I've had since probably launch. I got it when Destiny came out, but it's starting to have this weird thing where the disc will just randomly eject when I'm playing a game. <laughs> um, and I don't know why. So I've been waiting to get a PS4. But long story short, I'm hoping they give us like a custom Spider-Man PS4 because I would totally oh, buy it. I, I would... Along the lines of God of Wars. Yeah, I would I would buy yeah. that. Like I said, if, 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 they, if we get that... I'd get that. I'd get the. I'd get the custom PS4. Well, one because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but then two, yeah. ca- kind of like you, Nate. I've had my PS4 since launch. Well, then, like I said, I also have an an HDR TV, but the standard PS4 can't do HDR. So yeah, you, I was going to say you have like a really nice TV. Um, <laughs> if you got that 4K Pro, I'm sure it would look amazing on no. your TV. And yeah. Eventually, want to get a 4K just so I can take advantage of that. But I know, like Jeremy had said, he he has some weird stuff that happens with some of the games because the you know the PS4 doesn't have that that HDR to so it doesn't really work. <laughs> some of the games, yeah, like, like mess up visually when on your TV. Like oh yeah, well like I said just cause I was point like I said for like God of War like I said the the first like three days I was playing it I was like it irritated the piss out of me um, because on my main PS4 menu. It displayed just fine, but when I went to go play God of War, it basically put like this two-inch black bar all around the entire thing. So it was almost like it was like letterboxed. Um, and so I looked inside the God of War menus to see if I could stretch it out. Couldn't find, couldn't find it there. And then so I'm like, okay, I'm like, 
this I'm like this can't be it. And so I actually went on uh, the Santa Monica Studios forums, and it was a complaint for a lot of people. And I guess, like I said, if you have an HDR TV but are using the standard PS4, the standard PS4, you actually have to go into the PlayStation settings and stretch it, stretch the screen beyond its limits, so that way you can basically display correctly in the game. It's yeah, yeah. it was weird. Well, yeah, that that's annoying as hell. Because then you go, you don't get to use the max settings of your TV, so. Sounds like if they have a Spider-Man PS4 Pro, you might need to grab one. No, I, that absolutely. would be something like if it has anything cool on the side of it, I may end up picking it up. Like I would love just like a, a controller with like web, like that's printed with like webbing or something on it. Just yeah, it doesn't have to be something that that nuts, but just something cool like Spider-Man logo on the side of the PS4 and just like like I said, like a webbed up remote would well, be you amazing. Looked at the- God of War one. The thing that was cool about that is that it came with a DualShock Four that had um, God of War written where the light bar is, so it kind of illuminated it, so you could mm-hmm. read it. It'd be awesome if they made one with like a Spider-Man insignia where the light up bar is, so it lights up that symbol. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Oh yeah, light up Spider-Man symbol. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be so awesome. I think they're gonna do it. I really do. Because if you look at the God of War one, they really put a lot of custom details into it. I could see them slapping and, like and a with huge it being logo. a PS4 exclusive, like I, I, I can see that happening. Um, yeah, sure. with a lot of their exclusives, they've been busting out like you know limited edition consoles for. So there, there's a very good chance that we're gonna get a, a limited edition, uh, um, you know, system. At least, hopefully, it's a, a pro. I mean, at this point. I don't see them doing like a, a non-pro version, so at least yeah. we should get that. It'd be like a one terabyte pro at, at the very least, I think. Because if they didn't use a pro, it, you know, it's just you're you're missing a huge opportunity. Because people are gonna, it's all over the place. You know, people are crazy about this game. I think it's gonna be a really huge seller for Sony. Yeah, they're just they like I said said earlier, um, Sony is legitimately killing it in terms of video games in the last you know two years. Like everything they've done is when they've taken all the stuff that the other studios have failed about and have actually used that to be like, you know, we're going to do something great and and make it this way. So like, and they have made tons of money and some great games just based on, you know, just kind of looking and saying like, oh, people do want uh, single player only games and there's not really any out there. And all right, let's bring God of War and we're not going to do any DLC with it. Like, you know, we're, we're giving you a complete experience with this game. So oh, things like yeah. that are just amazing. Totally. And I'm so happy that God of War doesn't have microtransactions. You know, you look throughout so the game, amazing. there's nothing that you have to buy. It's all just play the game and you get it unlocked. How awesome is no, that? I hope they do the same thing. It's with nice. Um, so we talked about some video games. I think we should switch gears to some movies. Um, we had a couple of big movies coming out. Um, there's two. There's two. Um, there's there one two, at least on the immediate horizon. There's one that I'm really excited to see, and there's one that I'm like, I might see it in theater. Or I, no. I honestly might just wait. okay, Jerry. First off, you're I gonna have to see it in theater because we're gonna we're, yeah. at, at the very least we're gonna all have to talk about it. So, so let's go to the one you're really excited about because I know it, it's in the Marvel realm, right, Jeremy? Absolutely, you, you know, you, yeah. you know me, Nate. So, right. well, that and I will have to say, all of our people in the uh, the chat also know what we're talking about. The one yeah. that we're excited for—that's so Deadpool, Deadpool 2. Two. Man, I am excited for that. 
Um, you know, seeing what they did with Infinity War, um, you know, Marvel is just kicking ass. I cannot wait to see what they do with Deadpool too. What What are the things like you guys really want to see, and what are you kind of worried about? I'll start uh, with you, Jeremy. I so I'll start with the thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about them making a sequel um, because it's the, cur- it's the curse of the sequel. It's the curse. It, it, exactly. Me and you, Scott, me and you have talked about this. It's yep. it's I I think if as long as they don't try too hard. And as, as long as I said they don't force a whole bunch of stuff on the audience, I, I think it'll work. Um, I think the only thing that has me being kind of nervous is one, um, like I said, I think we we might get some some of that forced kind of like humor just because it, it needs to be there just to be there. Um, versus, I think the first movie kind of flowed naturally throughout the entire movie, and, and the humor was was in the spots and it, it needed to be at. Um, I think secondly, um, since they're trying to introduce X-Force in this movie, um, it always makes me nervous once basically you start shoving more into a movie than what the actual main movie's about. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping if the, the, the X-Force introduction, I literally hope it's maybe five minutes of the movie in like in a final battle and that's it. Um, and then basically yeah. we, can sp- we can spin off into an X-Force movie eventually. Um, I think that, like I said, those things kind of make me nervous. The things I'm looking yeah. forward to, um, one, like I said, the, the first Deadpool, like I said, it was a complete enjoyment. Like I said, we actually went to the premiere, um, basically where Rob Liefeld, so the creator of Deadpool, actually screened the movie. So we actually got oh, a wow. private screening, and then after the movie, um, he basically did a, like a Q&A and like signed a whole bunch of stuff for us and things like that. Um, and... It's interesting. Really cool. Well, it's interesting to see like how much, like even though like, he created this character, you know, you know, long ago with Marvel, and he doesn't like even like fully own the rights to the, the character anymore. Of how it still the studio still involves him with the character, like he's actually in the first Deadpool. Um, like I said he's he's, uh, he's he's in the bar. He's um, in the bar, and his name is on the Deadpool on the behind him. Yep. Too. If you look at yeah. the, the names on the Deadpool, Rob Liefeld is one of the names. Yep. So and talk about a complete experience when you're going to see that movie, having him there, and then you get stuff signed. I mean, oh, that it, makes it. It was awesome. It was, it was such a great experience. Um. So I'm I'm looking forward to the entire movie. Um. I'm, I I like the fourth wall breaks. I like the the secret tie-ins that they had. Like so, for example, uh, that final battle where like I said, even though like I said this is before the whole Fox Disney merger happened. Um, and like I said, in this movie was filmed before the whole Fox Disney merger happened is in the first movie you had, like I said, the crashed helicarrier from basically so, after the events of winter soldier. Um, that, yeah. so, so you can kind of know what it takes place in the MCU in case it ever does get brought in. Yeah. So it, it's stuff like that. It was, I said, it was, it was amazing. So I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we're going to get stuff like that. I said, like I said, the only thing that makes me nervous is the introduction of X-Force and everything else. Uh, Johnson Riverdale cable. I'm very nervous about Cable, honestly, so, man. Um, Cable's really hard, and the fact that he's like the time traveling techno virus, like, there's so much to do with Cable when you could have done just a straight up like, you know, Nathan Gray, you know, like. Yeah. I agree with you guys. I'm a little worried about Cable, but seeing how Josh Brolin handled, you know, Thanos or Thanos. Thanos. Yes, 
seeing how Josh Brolin handled that character, it kind of makes me a little less worried about Cable now because he I thought he killed it as Thanos. He did a really good job, and I think he's going to do a good job as Cable. Um, I, so, I don't doubt that he's going to do Cable like well as the character. It's just... It's the writing yeah. of how they're going to write Cable and how, how they're, they're going to write Cable. And then, like I said, it looks like in this one... And again, it could change very well. Like I'm assuming that what we see in the trailers is hopefully only little bits and pieces of the, the beginning. Like Cable as a bad guy just doesn't really fit that well for me. Mm-hmm. And my worry is kind of along the same lines with, with Jeremy is you're bringing in this whole group of people that we really don't know a whole lot about, you know, like no, who knows fucking Shatterstar, right? Like, or Bedlam. You know, like the characters, some of the characters that they have coming through, like they're they're not yeah. really big, well known characters, and you're going to try to introduce them as like a t- team up off the bat without having a whole lot of background. Like I get they're trying to make fun of other movies, and they're they're probably going to do it humorously, but I'm with Jeremy. Like this is only the second Deadpool movie, and we're already starting to bring in a team to like make an X Force. It makes it it's kind of scary. Like it might be a little forced. Yeah. So is that, <laughs> would you say that's probably one of the main thing that you're worried about then? For yeah, this um, they're going to try to force the X-Force? Yes, yeah. I do believe. Now, I do hope, though, that they actually start to bring in like some of the other characters that would be tied to him. Like, uh, I, I know that it seems like he's trying to kill the the that hel- the hilarious kid from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, um, but I really hope that they bring in Hope Summers. Like, you can't have really have Cable without Hope Summers. True. Well, That would be cool to see that. I, I would also love to see, like, so, okay, so if we're going to use, so if we're using, you know, Deadpool for the introduction of characters, um, just, like, have little hints of the other pieces of the universe then. Like, so, for example, like, what if we get, like, a Strife? Um, like, I, I yeah. would lo- I'd love to see, like I said, a Strife story arc because, like I said, that was, like I said, just a huge villain for the X-Men and the X-Force. Um, yeah. Or even just think about, like, the Ascani, right? The yeah. The... The people that are trying to to make somebody strong enough to kill uh, Apocalypse, right? Like, you actually have this entire group of people that are designed to, like, make superpowered mutants. Like, give them as a bad guy, too. Like, yeah. there's a couple of, of really good bad guys that you could bring in for that. And I really would hope they don't waste a movie with Cable as the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are kind of hitting the nail on the head as, as far as, like, things that I'm worried about. You know, like... It's what you both touched on. I don't want them to cram too much into this movie. And then, you know, it's like just way too many characters, way too much stuff going on. Um, you know, Jeremy kind of talked about this. Deadpool was great for me because it, it was kind of simple in its story, if you think about it. It's a revenge story. He's going after this guy, Francis, that caused him to change and turn into kind of Deadpool. Uh, but it was great in what it did. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds killed the role. Now I feel like Ryan Reynolds might be overshadowed a little bit by the X-Force, by Cable, by everything that's going to go on in this movie. And it kind of worries me a little bit, to be honest, because a lot of the points you guys have already said, I'm not going to reiterate everything, but um, there's a lot of unknown characters that people probably don't know much about, and they're not going to get a ton of screen time, probably an explanation. If I have to think about it, you know, the movie's going to start with Deadpool seeing, you know, finding Cable, they fight. He realizes he can't take him on by himself. He gets a team, they fight Cable. And then Cable turns good and they fight somebody else. I don't know. That, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, that's, I, and see, that's my fear is that that's what it's going to do. And that, that, that introducing the X-Force was solely just for 
so they can make a Deadpool three. Yeah, or right. I guess I, I guess they did announce that there will not be a Deadpool three, but it will be X Force moving forward. Like that's the next movie in in that universe. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they they do take a little bit of time, or like I said, only wait till the very end to get these people together. Yeah. Like I said, I, I hope that it's it's just like I said, just a a few minutes of screen time, so that it can show up for a final battle. And then, and then they you know, kind of just fade off at that point in time, and they become mm-hmm. the team at the end, rather than just like shoving too much into it. I said I hate movies that shove too much in into there. I think it's 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 wrecked so many movies, and like I said, there's there's so many other movies out there that that basically follow that that kind of same formula, which basically Justice be, League, <coughs> well, Justice League. You had Spider Man yes. Three. You have. Um, everything after so basically everything after the Batman Returns. Um, so you start shoving, you know, team ups, team ups, and all the eighteen all, characters. It, yeah, and it's it, a pain. You, you start throwing all the stuff in. I I think honestly, you said the standalone movie, like I said, has has a lot of power in, in it with the standalone characters until you have those characters developed enough. Which I don't honestly, I don't think. You know, having Deadpool with one movie, and basically it was literally just a revenge story, is enough to basically flush out the full character that is Deadpool. Um, yeah, I, I think he, especially with, I think he's so much more dynamic than that. Um, and there's so much other like source material to use. I, I think with him being basically a, a solo adventure on himself, I think it's a cash grab to basically introduce X Force. Basically, okay, now they have. X Men movies coming out, then they have X Force movies coming out, and they have this movie. I just, I just don't want to see it basically just as a cash grab and actually, you know, actually progress the story of Deadpool. Now, so there's another thing though that I I would worry about is goes along kind of the the same realm that James said. There's a whole lot more to the character. I really hope that they don't devolve down into just doing like the the poop and dick jokes like the comics have done in the last couple of years. Like if you if you read a lot of the the Deadpool comics, a lot of them just became these just how silly can we make everything? And like, De- they just made Deadpool like the, the way that they can just write these comedy stories, but they were, some of them were not that funny, you know, like yeah. Deadpool was great when he would occasionally do the, the fourth wall breaks and just the quips that he makes, like don't the whole, you know, you know, chimichanga obsession and things like that. Like sometimes it got a little too much. Like mm-hmm. it was like, the you know he just became a walking meme for a while and it just made it ridiculous and so i really hope that they don't start leading on to like oh we have to make more funny jokes and it just starts being more like like i said poop and dick jokes you are like, I yeah. exactly right like I, I i can't i can't i can't say how right you are just because i i think i think honestly so once the last movie came out look at the push for Deadpool merchandise and Deadpool this and Deadpool that and like I said, there's so much overkill with Deadpool everything. Um, like I said, I love the character, but it almost made me not love the character because I said uh, of basically all this other stuff that basically isn't the character. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, he's had chimichanga jokes a couple times, but I'm like, okay, enough with the chimichanga jokes. Like I said, let's, it's, move, let's move on. Let's like, let, let's yeah. move on. Like I said, he has like I said more of a story. Than than just that, um, yeah. And like I said, the 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 amount of money that they've spent in the marketing of Deadpool two has me so scared because they are right. shoving this marketing down your throat yeah. on every Not turn. Completely. 
completely agree with you guys. Um, Deadpool 1 worked because it felt unique, and I really hope they don't try to replicate it like the sequel curse, like you guys keep talking about. You know, you see it in comedies all the time where they use all the same jokes. It's like, don't do that. You know, make it feel original again. And even though, um, you know, it still was made before the Fox-Disney deal took place, I'm a little worried that Disney might have looked at some of the footage and like, no, take that out, take that out. Some of the stuff that made the rated R labeling of the first one so good because it was gritty stuff. You know, they pushed the envelope as far as, you know, having... (laughs) Sexual content and you mean the watching uh, watching uh, Ryan Reynolds get pegged by his girlfriend? You didn't like that? <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's just stuff like that that you're like, wow, this is a Marvel movie and this is totally different. But I love that about it because it's cool to see these characters in a darker universe. To be honest, like Logan was a great example. Show me that grittiness of it. That's what I want to see. So uh, there's one thing that does bode well for this movie though is. A lot of the the media people and stuff have already ha- had their screeners, which is weird because it's like two weeks out, right? Which is usually mm-hmm. you know they they usually only get a screener about a week ahead of time, but they're they're a couple weeks out at this point, um, and all the first reactions that they've sent are generally pretty positive for it, and they they, they do say that it does live up to the first one, so th- that at least leads me to believe that we have at least a decent movie going on that's not going to be like bad well here people saw it yesterday so let me yeah let's see what it is on rotten tomatoes oh yeah so i'm looking at i don't know if rotten tomatoes has it up yet because they like to do their own little thing now i don't know if you've been on their their site for a while but they they like to re- do like releases for their own like, oh. their oh yeah because movies. they got the they got the uh, i remember that now yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. I've heard good things about it too. Uh, one thing I want to—I know yeah, we're no, spending no a lot of time in Deadpool, but one thing I want to ask you guys about—I want to get your opinions on—is um, now that Fox or not Fox, now that Disney has the rights to X-Men, do you think the X-Force being introduced might be a good way to segue into X-Men being a part of these movies or maybe being connected in some way? I, I so no, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> And I'll get Jeremy's take on this. Stretch, but I have my thing is I don't think having the X Force is your best way to because you're introducing a whole new set of people with powers. No, yeah, yeah right. I don't mean like being the introduction, but I just mean being a way to tie the X Men into a Deadpool movie later on. You, you could potentially, yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean I think that's what they continually have Colossus for is their yeah, way to bring true. like oh this is the person that was well known as an X Man, you know, like. Let's have at least one well-known character have a bit part so we at least have a tie so that we can say, yeah, the Colossus here is that Colossus from that movie. You know, like, here's and the you two guys, together. Uh-huh. You guys probably know, know more about the Marvel lore than me. That's why I wanted to ask. Like, do they team up a lot in the comics, like X-Force and X-Men, or no? Not really. Not X-Force and X-Men. I, honestly, the, the X-Men and Avengers team up more than X-Force and Avengers. X-Force yeah. and X-Men. Okay. X-Force okay. is kind of like the, I guess, like a strike team of mutants. Yeah. Like, they're not really, like, the champions for good, like the X-Men Think of them um, almost like the, like, Test Force X, uh, like, Suicide Squad. Um, it's, okay. they're basically, this, they're like government wet work. Exactly. Got it. Um, I, 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 my, honestly, my, my theory, and here's, here's my theory, and it, and it sucks as this, it's, if it follows this, I think literally they're gonna dump everything. Um, they're not gonna basically no one like I said once this final Disney Fox merger goes through, no 
Ryan Reynolds may come back as Deadpool. Um, but like I said, none of the people that were like said in X Men, like I said, you can basically dump that because I I don't think anybody has any real like huge ties, uh, like really invested in, in, into those characters that much. Like I said, yeah, James McAvoy did good as Professor X, but honestly, I think you could do anybody as Professor X because it's not like you know changing around Tony Stark as Iron Man. I can see other people as Professor X. I can't see other people as as pick, Iron Man. Um, pick a random British dude, make him bald, and put him in a wheelchair. You got Professor X. Exactly. Aren't, so, aren't they making another X Men? I think it's called Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, it's that, and that is supposed to be the end of Fox's. Yeah, it's the last Fox movie. Um, okay. So I, I literally see them not taking any of their stories, any of their continuum, and just starting fresh. So um, what I think they're going right. to do. Is is they might continue with the Deadpool things because let's be honest, Deadpool makes money, right? Yeah. Like we can't deny that these movies are going to make a shit ton of money. I think they're going to keep Deadpool as its own little pocket universe, and it just won't tie to anything. Those are yeah. going to be tangential stories yeah. that go on. The writers can try to tie it back into MCU, but they're that you know the Mar- the writers for like the MCU movies and Marvel itself is going to say. These are not officially part of the MCU. They're going to yeah, give. I kind of, I agree with both of you. I think to Jeremy's point, they're going to try to make it their own. Like yeah. they're probably going to throw out a lot of the stuff that they used to have. But I also think that um, they might retain maybe a few things just to keep continuity a little bit. But you know, it's Disney. They're going to want to make it their own. Yeah. So, um, so, my, so here's here's my prediction. I, I think. So we have what, Phase Four coming up because we're still in Phase Three up until the, the next Avengers. Phase Four starts at well, obviously with with the first Spider-Man movie after after Avengers Four. Um, I think maybe at the end of Phase Four, I, I honestly I think at the end of Phase Four we get a tease of I said the X Men or, or I said or I said and I think we'll, and Phase Five. Starts to incorporate them. I think Phase Five starts to incorporate the X Men. So I think we're a, a long way from seeing X Men M- part of the MCU. Um, yeah. I, I I think honestly that the the next team that we see is part of the MCU um, before X Men. I think Fantastic Four comes back because it allows them to keep the, the kind of the cosmic aspect. Like I said they well, can basically can. Every, everyone is still under contract for a few more movies with Guardians. Uh, so even past Guardians Three. Um, so I, I think you have a, a lot more to do with that than you do with, like I said, the X-Men. And if you don't go, uh, scrolls storyline for the, the big bad that they're, you know, going to accumulate or like, you know, all the, the stories are going to lead to, if you bring in the fantastic four, you have that option for Galactus, right? True. Like there's a, a big side of things. And what's bigger than Thanos trying to wipe out the universe is they have to stop this being that goes from planet to planet, devouring everything on it. You know, like it's a just giant thing that they're gonna have to fight. Like, well, I, I would agree, Jerry. I think we're gonna see the 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 return of the Fantastic Four, which will be very awkward because now we'll have the original Fox Johnny Storm potentially with a new Johnny Storm. That'd be awesome. So, because um, <laughs> if anybody forgets, the current Captain America was once the Human Torch. Um, yeah. They're going to do a, a Hulk situation where they have another new cast for Fantastic Four. Like, another well, reboot. Well, they messed up the last one. I think everyone's welcoming a new Fantastic Four, to be honest. Oh, oh, no, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think they've 
they've really not made a good Fantastic Four movie yet, even though there's been three of them. I don't think any one of those justifies Fantastic Four. And honestly, here's what I would like to see Marvel to do. They can steal this idea because it would be great. Um, is kind of take the cues of the Planet of the Apes movies, especially that, that first one with, with James Franco. And what I mean is, if you watch very carefully on that first Planet of the Apes, right, um, there's a scene on one of the TVs where they talk about the launch of the space shuttle. Yeah. Which is the one with Char- that Charleston he- you know, Heston was on. So it basically is like, that original Planet of the Apes is this damn movie. You know, like... Yeah. It takes place in the same continuity. Like they're actually it's bringing can- it's in, actually, it's like, actual saying, canon. Yeah, saying that the freaking space shuttle that he's on is launched just during that movie, but it's just on TV. You don't actually see see it. They don't mention it or anything. It's just a TV broadcast. So mm-hmm. I would love is for like the movies to talk about you know the the research station up in space that gets hit with the cosmic rays. Just be like, just talk about them launching this new science team into space. They don't even have to mention them as like, you know, Reed Richards or or anything like that. Just mention that there's this thing up in space. And then in another movie that takes place afterwards, talk about, oh, that thing was almost destroyed. The people are being brought back down. Just have that shit happen in the background and not really mention it. And then you can introduce these characters without it really being a major part of it. And just be like, oh, remember all that stuff in the background we were teasing like these characters and now we brought them out that is perfect i love that idea i love the way that they did that in in planet of the apes um i think it's perfect i think it's it's a perfect way to do it it's a good way to do it it without trying to shove it down your throat well here's the thing and it it gets you it gets you out of that origin story bullshit loophole that ever all these stories fall under like like hey let's tell an origin story of the fantastic four let's do this let's tell an origin story let's tell an origin story it's an origin story that happens way in the background it basically pays homage to the fans out there because like i said they they know exactly what's going on but it's a surprise to the casual moviegoer yeah and it just go back and they can be like oh did you see like they're here's where it is and so you never know really when they're going to show up if you're a fan but yeah. you, if you if you know what's going on, you're like, okay, so they went up in space. So at some point, they're going to hit with the cosmic rays. Okay, they got hit with it. When they're going to come back down eventually, and then they're going to figure out that they have powers. Like at a certain point, you know they're going to show up, but you have no idea when. But you can tell you have a really good way to tell it just in the background without, and you can give a full origin story that way without really having to do an origin story. Mm-hmm. So if anyone from Marvel's listing, which they're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want like a credit if that actually happens. Like, mark my words. Uh, like, I want a credit at the end of the movie. I don't care what it is. You could be like Scott. I will. I will. General, lo- I will lobby for general that. douchebag and just put my name by it. I will take it. Like, put my name in the credits if if that happens. Yeah, give this man his due because that was a genius <laughs> idea. <laughs> All right. Um, so, go ahead, Jerry. Um. Well, like I said, we're getting deep into this conversation because we still have to talk yeah. about oh yeah what we're supposed to talk about in this podcast which is the rest of development um, <laughs> so, <laughs> which, okay so so we talked about movies enough let's move to tv uh r- real quick solo yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay we, we talked about solo we'll uh, give it we'll we'll give a review we'll give i a, don't we'll know talk about it we'll yeah, talk about yeah. it a little bit and we'll we'll probably spoil the movie for those that are all in our boat of just general Bleh. i don't really care yeah, you guys know what we're really excited about, and there's no reason to talk about things that we're not super excited about. <laughs> yeah, like we'll see it and we'll go through. And I will, I will say this: I will be the first one to 
eat my words if Solo is really good. Oh, I'll, I'll eat my words if Solo is really good. Yeah, uh, but I just I don't think it's gonna be. I just like I said I just I I'm trying I'm still trying to understand who asked for a Solo movie. Um, you know what I would have liked to have seen a Lando movie. <laughs> yeah, a, give me give me some, give me a character that literally had the least amount like I said such a small amount of screen time where you have so much to basically tell. Um, so yeah, just one quick thing. Now that Disney has it, you know, look what they did with the MCU. They focus on all these individual characters. They're going to do the same thing with Star Wars because they want to like, you know, I think they're going to try to make it a bigger world than what it is. Yeah. yeah, it, it, You're completely right, Nate. They're world building right now. They're trying to expand on things and they're going to probably introduce something in this that will then lead into their next See, um, I, I don't you know, think solo so. Story I, or thing. I, I, I literally think it's, it's so it, it's just a it's just a filler. It's it's some filler movie like like Rogue One, like Rogue One. Rogue One was yeah. a filler movie. It literally introduced nothing. Um, it you just, could be completely right because you're right. Rogue One, I mean, didn't it, do anything. It, it fit a place in the story, but there's no continuity from it at all. Yeah, everyone's dead. Right. At the end of it, like There's nothing else you can do, which I think you could have. I would have loved to seen more Jin Erso. Yes. Um, basically, like, hey, just there's you know, her basically fighting in the rebellion, like, sort of right before you get into episode, I said, right before you get into episode four. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff that's going on on other planets besides just the whole story arc of Luke. Well, and if you listen to one of our old podcasts, that was the big thing that we wanted is it's a, a rebellion against an empire. Yeah, we're focusing on one small part of it. Like there are so many other stories to tell. Tell me shit that's going on, you know, over here versus you know where the story is. Like I want to know what some of these other people are doing, and they they've got to be able to create something original. Like don't base it off of something that we've already seen. Like give me a unique story that is completely out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, totally. Um, yeah. So we'll I'll I'll reverse my. I said I'll. Like Scott, like I'll be one hundred percent reverse my my uh, my uh, views on Solo if it's like if it blows my socks off, but I just I just don't anticipate it doing so. Um, so we like said the episode title. So we haven't thought of, we haven't even thought of an episode title yet. So we said keep that in the back of your guys' minds as we're as we finish wrap all our conversations. Um, uh, we're missing we, word and mess up a word or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the Larry. only thing we have is I, I I literally called myself a giant douchebag and said to put me in the credits is that, but I really don't want that as the episode <laughs> title. You can call it douche nozzle. Scott douche douchebag. D- douche nozzle in the credits. Um, yeah. uh, That's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty genius. Um, douchebag so, in the credits. That's what you got to call it. It needs to be shorter. Uh, just keep 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 your ears open. Like I said, keep 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 your uh, turn up your volumes. Still listen. Yeah, turn turn if, up. If you're still listening and you think of a, a title in the thing, throw it in the chat. Yeah, like if you think of something good that we've said that you thought was was clever or something along those lines. Absolutely. Um, so but yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about Netflix. Um, Netflix has done something super interesting. Um, so, I got. Oh, I didn't tell you guys this before. I got a story about this too that I found <laughs> out. Yes. Um, just like a few minutes before we started this. So, um, introduce what you're talking about. But I got a little story that we have to yes. we have to add as a caveat. Um. So Netflix. Uh. So as you guys know, I said I know. So there's a few guys on the podcast, with the exception of one. 
uh, who's not currently here, has never seen Arrested Development. But Arrested Ooh. Development is literally one of my favorite shows. Um, Amazing. Because I, I know I know Larry, like I said, likes The Office and Parks and Rec and, and, and things like that. Larry, okay. I said, I know you're going to listen to this. You need to go watch Arrested Development. If you like those other two, Arrested Development is right up your alley. Yeah, Arrested Development yeah, is right I- up your alley. I haven't seen as much of it as you guys have, but from what I have seen, it's hilarious. It's a great show. It's it's amazing. Um, so so what did Netflix do though, Jeremy? Like let's, so let's... so back in the day, so back when Netflix started doing original programming, one of their like, vi- I think it was like 2012 ish, right? 12, 13, like the, somewhere around in 13, there. Yeah, something like that. Uh, they so one of their very first things they did was like, you know what? They basically bought properties from from other basically uh other studios um so arrested development was originally a fox property uh it went off the air after the third season but basically it had developed like this huge cult following so netflix basically decided like hey let's revive this series let's try to create some original content for netflix this is back this is back before they were huge into original content this is back before the first season of daredevil so this is this is a long time ago This was legitimately, I think, one of their first original pieces of content. Exactly. Um, So, basically, they came out with the Arrested Development Season 4. For the first three seasons, for the people who love the first three seasons, Season 4, it was terrible. It was was pretty meh. It was, like I said, it, it had funny moments. It just didn't make any sense because it didn't follow the same formula. Of the first three seasons. So what they tried to do, for anybody who doesn't know, is they, they basically tried to tell the story of... Cause, cause Arrested Development always was kind of like with the modern times. And it was off the air for like four years before Netflix brought it back. So what they tried to do is say like, oh, what's happened in those four years? But instead of just telling like a chronological story of what was going on, is they took each character and gave them their own episode or two that basically span that time frame. So there had all these concurrent stories told from different perspectives. Yeah. Which and it didn't work. It, it doesn't work like that. That's not the way that the rest of development universe works in regards to what the audience is used to seeing. Uh, so when the season came out, it didn't really get the hottest reviews. Um, fast forward to 2018. So five, five, what? Scott, so while, while I'm talking, look, look up to see when it came out. The season four, yeah, the I'll, season I'll pull it up here. Give me a sec. Um, uh, fast forward to 2018. Um, we basically get announced that hey, they're bringing back a fifth season of Arrested Development. Um, 2013. 2013. So it's been five years. Um, so they're five years later. They're bringing so they're bringing back season five. Um, but before they did that, because a lot of people weren't really super excited about season five because of what season four was about, because it didn't really. They said it got mad reviews. Uh, it was kind of middle of the line. It really wasn't. I kind of really wasn't kind of a big thing. Um, Netflix heard that the Ron Howard, basically the creator, the Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, the creators of the show, heard that. So what they did was the most interesting thing and the craziest thing that I've ever seen anybody do. Um, they took the four seasons. So season five comes out in two weeks on five twenty nine. Yeah. Um, so to kind of basically kind of make up for season four, they went back, recut the entire season four. So instead of making it 13 single episodes, they went back, cut it all up, spliced it, merged episodes together, added additional content, removed some content and made 22 half hour episodes. Um, Basically, out of the story, and it basically completely 
changes the story. Changes it. it makes it easier to follow, and you know what's going on. Exactly. It, it, it makes it easier, for, and, it, and it makes it funnier. Like I said, it just, because like I said, you just saw that moments ago happen to, like I said, like George Michael, you know, with basically him basically running into maybe again, or any, any of his other, like I said, any of the other things that's going on with the family. It's all immediate events that are happening that basically tie the event together. So they cut it in such a way where it made it feel like the first three seasons. Like, it's, it's like they erased a horrible sequel and yeah, fixed it. They did. Like the whole evolution of the fake block app. You kind of see like little bits and pieces of it, and it expands <laughs> slowly in this new version. But in the last one, like you already knew, like the whole aspect of it, how it started, and how it, you know, it was supposed to be a fake woodblock thing, so George Michael could plug a <laughs> computer to make a playing a rock band as the woodblock. But like the whole thing, like at the time, you like knew that okay, that's what he's doing, and and kind of moving on. Whereas this one, it's like. They started off with him being it like, oh, it's the uh, blocking you on like social media, and then you don't find out till later in the episode that like, no, he that's his lie that he made to cover up the fact that it's just so he can make a fake woodblock. Or thing. basically the, the progression of Tobias when he basically goes, he can't find a job, so he basically uh, becomes a street performer as the thing from Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, but then it like ends up being on an episode of To Catch a Predator and gets labeled a sex offender. Like it's yeah, it's <laughs> right. They, and when the guy says, "Is like, what's your daughter?" He's like, "So you're here to see your daughter?" He's like, "Yeah, maybe." Who's his daughter? It's his daughter's name, but yeah. the guy takes that as like he's he's well, trying to avoid being well that. And then on. so the thing about Tobias, like I said, I said you've seen a couple seasons, so you know this yeah. is that he always basically says stuff with such sexual innuendo that always gets him in trouble. <laughs> and everyone thinks that he's gay. Yeah, so he bursts yeah. in the house and like he's like, hey, hey, maybe Daddy's here to get he needs needs help to get his rocks off when he's talking about right. his thing suit. But he's talking about like the, the thing suit, right? Like it's his. The issues that arise with his sexual innuendo that he says is probably one of the funniest aspects of it. Like, the fact that he he's like, I'm going to have a new start. And then he sets his uh, license, license plate. plate to anus tart, which is <laughs> a new start. <laughs> like, um, like I said, so yeah. they redeem themselves with this with the fourth season. Um, the, the, so there's a couple things I think is quite hilarious is that you can tell that they had to use oh. like, cut footage. Because it's, it has the Fox Studios watermark along parts of it as they yeah, go. Yeah, well, and it, it, it just adds to making it funny. Or like I said, in the very first episode, um, uh, Henry Winkler is basically their lawyer. Um, and so there's this really bad green screened in part where basically it just shows the static backs of two people. And then him, so him in front of a green screen talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just, they, they literally had to be like, all right, we got to do something. Here, so like, they, they cut it, it in such a way it's so bad. But it makes it funny. Yeah. Um, well, like, not having seen it, um, just the fact that you guys were talking about how they made the individual characters have their own episodes just feels so weird because the show works the best when the family is kind of playing off each other. Yeah. You know, all yeah. the inter individual actors are kind of playing off each other. Like, it would be weird to have an, a one-character show from that. It's like, I, I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see the whole family together. Right. So... I'm trying to 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 blew the line. Like, so here's a here's the thing. Like, just so you know, uh, first episode of the original one was focused on Michael, right? Uh, and it talks about his whole attempt to go to University of Phoenix to get his law degree and that sort of stuff. That doesn't show up until like 
episode nine or ten in the new season, which is that was and, and all it's done even in the bar- first it's even barely touched on at that point in time too. It talks about it a little bit, and then I, I do also love that they did actually bring Ron Howard in to this season, though. Yeah, and the stuff that he does in this one, like the added stuff that he did for this one, is quite ingenious. Um, making him seem like he's just kind of this this asshole that's just in basically in constant competition with Jerry Bruckheimer. (laughs) So, like I said, well, Scott just informed me of something uh, because the one thing I wanted to do is, like I said, it's been five years since season four came out. I have Um, not gone back and watched any of it. I wanted to go back and watch the originals. And I'm like, and so the only thing they had on there, I thought, was the remake. But Scott, like I said, you said... You you had some interesting information to share about yes, that. I did have two inf- inf- interesting pieces then. Um, number one is the originals are still on Netflix. They're not listed as the season. So if you go on to like the seasons and episodes, um, only the new version of season four is there. But if you go to the little trailers and more section that Netflix has, which everyone ignores, the originals are there under that section. So you can actually go back and look at the watch the episodes to see the differences. Um so that's number one. I did find out that they did get in a little bit of hot water by doing the recut because apparently all the actors, because this is the official season now, they didn't actually get paid for any of the recuts or any of that sort of stuff. So they are a little bit butthurt about that uh, because potentially if they get syndicated on Netflix, um, it, it there is an issue with some of their pay and stuff in syndication because of that. So they didn't actually get anybody's permission to recut it and post it until <laughs> like later on. It's like we're just gonna do this. Well, yeah. and I and I think so I was I was reading that earlier too, and and I think the thing that kind of makes it okay with them um, is literally that was uh, I'll try to find the article of that too. Is uh, that was part of the the agreement to basically greenlit to greenlight a season five. Um, so season five was basically supposed to be in development forever. Um, but basically well, they got everybody back for season five too, which yeah. is amazing. Everyone's back for season five. That's one's cool thing about that show too. It's like, they've had the same actors throughout the entire show. That's what's great about it. Yeah. And that's Heather in, in the comments had brought up the same thing is that yeah. like the show is so old. They have so many of the same actors and they've only brought in more like that fourth season brought in, uh, uh, I, I'm going to butcher her name. I think it's Kristen Wiig, right? Uh, that's playing the young Lucille. And then you have uh, Seth Green as young uh, Oscar. <laughs> oh, that, that, uh, I, I love those. <laughs> no, not Seth, Seth Green. Seth Rogen. Seth sorry. Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Um, and then you have all the things like... Um, that's George Senior. Yeah, he plays George Senior. <laughs> George Senior, yeah. And then you have uh, like... Um, I, I'm always going to... I always mess up her name, but it's uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's wife is playing Ron Howard's like illegitimate daughter in it. Um, so they, they actually have a lot of different like celebrities that have showed up that you wouldn't expect to, to pop in and, and continue to, to do their roles. Well, that, and then uh, I'm, I have to look up her name cause I, I don't want to, uh, Rebecca stab. So Rebecca stab is the, is the Tobias's girlfriend from the original, Fantastic, Fantastic Four, the Four. Roger Corman Fantastic Four. The one that no one has really seen, but it's on, on like YouTube now. Yeah, and the fact that that's what they play off of is that that like crappy version of it. Um, I was surprised that, to see like the, the, some of the people that they had brought in. Um, 
I mean, Carl Weathers shows back up, and then uh, um, who's uh, Conan's uh, uh, Andy like, sidekick? Andy Richter. Andy Richter, yeah. yeah. How he shows up as part of it. Like, they actually got, even like Conan shows up and plays like a characterization of himself. Like yeah. it's it's just amazing to see like all the people that they brought in for that fourth season. Yeah. So um, so Nate, you have to you have to basically watch through it so that way you can you can you can see it. Well, here's here's the thing. I want you to yeah. watch watch the the the, the recut fourth season. So so that way you know the 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 first uh, the original cut doesn't spoil it for you. Um. But then, then go, go back watch the first episode. Then go watch the first episode of, of the the original fourth season. Um. Because like I said, you'll see that it's like so much different. And they basically turn basically this pile of crap into something that's actually pretty funny. They they turn the yeah. the same story into something that you can follow, and you're like, oh, okay, I know what's going on now. Yeah, and I don't even remember why like I stopped watching it, like because I really did like it when I enjoyed it. You know, if when you I was watched the, watching, but if you watched any of the fourth season, that's exactly why you stopped watching. That might have been that's why I stopped it. watching it. <laughs> it could have been, uh, but yeah, just listening to you guys. Uh, talk about it and the fact that they redid that season to make season five work um it makes me want to go back and watch it now it does make me curious as to what's going to happen with the season five though yeah like just the the, int- the stories that they told in that f- that third and fourth season do not really lead to like like where can they go from from here with the season five with that family so it's it's going to be an interesting fifth season to say the least nate, nate hey did you ever watch season three um, I can't remember to be honest which All season right. I have and have not watched. Right. So, well, because it's it's funny because I, I part of the reason that makes me love the show and I think why it has such a cult following is because because of Ron Howard. Ron Howard as the narrator is literally the most amazing thing ever. Well, in the third season, like said because the ratings were so low, uh, it was going to get canceled. He basically says throughout multiple times throughout the season, "Hey, it, he breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience." Please, you know, tell your friends to watch this show. <laughs> um, it's just like I said, it's just it's just a great show. So uh, uh, he, he he does that in the season. He has new intros for the the fourth season, the, or the the recut. He has some new intros, and like I said, he introduces himself as a in that fourth season as a, a character. But it's it is a very are... different version of Ron Howard than you yeah. would be expected to see. I, I might have to just start watching it tonight. Talking about it makes me really want to see it now. Yeah, no, yeah. you you'll get a if you enjoyed any of the seasons. Finally, we have a working, funny fourth season. It's the fourth season that we should have had a long time ago. Yeah, I think so. I saw all of one and all of two, but I don't know if I got to three or four. Yeah, three is a little different. Three, so season three, I didn't like as much. Uh, like, but the recut season four I actually like better than season three. Okay, that's um, good. All right, I'm gonna make it through it. I'm gonna watch it. So. Uh, SCS guys, Netflix say, pick of the week, recut. Pick of the week uh, is to watch the fourth season, the recut fourth season of Arrested Development, um, and be prepared to laugh your ass off. Wow! <laughs> Drop, wow. Dro- dropping some <laughs> hate there. You I know. Tell me to watch something, uh. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? F you. Uh. I did. I was just seeing if anybody was actually watching that. Um, <laughs> Honestly, no one's watching at this point. So. I think we. I think we need to, you know, have a have a restart, a new start, a, a new uh, start. Uh, episode title. SCS guys, a new start. SCS guys, a new start. 
as long as you like spell a new it, as long as you spell A N U S T A R T. Absolutely. There's only one. There's only new, one way to spell. There's only one way to spell a new start. A new start. I just love the fact that when he has the child predator <laughs> one, that the cops keep calling him anus tart. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, all right, we have anus tart coming up the driveway. All right, anus tart is parked. <laughs> like, well, I said, so they, so you're, just, you're, you're gonna love it. So, I love looks like, at the fact that they play. Uh, like, so once he becomes a sex offender, from that point forward, literally every scene he ends, he's like, I'm Tobias, and I'm a sex offender. Like yeah. he has to basically pronounce that he's a sex offender to everyone he, he interacts with. Oh my god, that and just the whole scene of him like his bad luck on his India journey and just trying to like get on the plane. Like I was just I'm just cracking up at all the shit that happens to him on the plane ride. Like Tobias is I think one of my favorite characters. I out love of that well show. David Cross like so just just makes that he character. nails it. Like yeah, he does a really good job with that character. You can tell it's just him improving and having fun too. Like. It's it's amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that does it for this week, guys. What do you say? So I, I say we agree, but who's going to do our shilling? Because Larry's not here. Nate, oh yeah, Nate, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys like this episode, please give us a big fat thumbs up. Check out the rest of our channel on YouTube. Check us out on Instagram at STS Guys. Check us out on Twitter at STS Guys. Check us out on Facebook at the STS Guys. And I am Nate from the STS Guys. That is amazing, but you can also check us out on Instagram at STSGuys. Oh, did I not say Instagram? My bad. I don't know if you did or not. I stopped paying attention. (laughs) It's okay. I I give you an 85%. Okay, thank you. I'm trying to replicate. Oh, Larry. Oh, Larry. (laughs) Goof goof job. Is that that an episode title? Goof job? (laughs) Goof job. Well, you know, I'm trying to improvise as much as I can, Larry. We don't have you here. You are the show master. That's amazing. Uh, So... For episode 35 of the STS Guys, I've been Jeremy. I've been Nate. And I'm Scott. And we're the STS Guys. Have a great night, everyone.